What's up, guys? It's Type B Mike. I'm back with episode number eight. As you can see, things have changed a little bit. Uh, I've got my dad in the studio today. <laughs> so uh, he is my guest host for today. Whoop, messing with the camera already. Stay there, little buddy. Uh, I've got him in the studio with me today. He's my guest host, and uh, I'm gonna just just kind of go through his background and and you know where he started with fishing and and you know where he's at today and kind of everything that he taught me so how's it going it's going good yeah it's going good so far yeah yeah good um so a little bit of background about yourself that people don't know um you were born in jersey i was born born in uh trenton grew up in bordentown um my first experience with fishing was on the Delaware River. Okay. Uh, my brother-in-law Ben took me down there when I was about eight years old mm. uh, with an old conventional <laughs> reel and <laughs> rod that I mean it was old and you know beat up and we fished on the bank of the Delaware River and I caught my first fish which was a big old river cat <laughs> and uh ever since then i just couldn't get away from it i just loved it plus i was always raised up on the the shores of new jersey and on the water on the water had a boat since i was 10 years old we had a place down on long beach just off of long beach island and uh my parents had and um we had a you know they called them lagoons up there we lived right on a lagoon that went out to the barnegat bay they call and them a lagoon? They call them lagoons up there, yeah. Really? Yep. They weren't canals. They were lagoons. Hmm. So we went and we had boats up there. My my brother-in-law had boats up there. We kept them at the house. And every chance I got, I was either in the water or on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've growing up with you as my papa. <laughs> uh, whoops. I always remember a lot of stories and, and things growing up of what um, adventures, ad, many adventures <laughs> and and things with Uncle Ben and Uncle Denny and, yeah. and hunting and fishing and tell the uh, tell the story about the uh, was it the skinny dipper? Yeah, coming out of Barnegat Bay. Yeah, my my parents, my brother-in-law Denny and. My dad, who was not a fisherman or um, fond of the water, um, he, my brother-in-law, Denny, talked him into going halves into a boat. It was a 24-foot lures, straight six Chrysler inboard. <laughs> and uh, we went and uh, they bought it and uh, we went down and picked it up. And you know, They put them in winter storage up there. So when we went down in the spring, they put it in the water and... And me and my brother-in-law Ben and, and my brother-in-law Denny, we started heading back up to the midpoint of uh, Long Beach Island, which was uh, the causeway, which was close to where we lived. And normally it's about maybe, I don't know, about an hour ride if you're, you, you know, doing, you're doing 30, 40 mile an hour in a boat. But this thing didn't do but about 28 mile an hour. <laughs> and it started taking on water. 
and my dad was in the boat with us, and he, like I said, he was not a seafaring man. <laughs> so, anyway, make a long story short, the the water was coming in through the bow, and, and the boat almost sank, and my father had a life jacket on, and my brother-in-laws just kept telling him, keep the nose up, keep the nose up. <laughs> and we finally, we finally made it, but, I mean, it was... It was lot riding low <laughs> when we finally got there, but uh, it's it, we had when they when they dumped it in the water they didn't give it time to swell up which is what the boats have to do back then it was an old lapstrake you know old boat I mean it was like uh, that boat was probably from the fifties and uh, it finally swelled up and it, it lasted us quite some time and we did a lot of fishing off of that boat and uh, the fish that we catch down here which we call uh, trout up in New Jersey. They're called weak fish. And, really? Yeah. Yep. And they're actually a, a lot larger up there than they are down here. I mean, they're big. I, and we would go out into the Barnegat Bay with that skinny dipper, which is what we named the boat. And um, we'd get big 24, 28-inch um, weak fish. Weak fish. Yeah, and you know, as if you're familiar with trout down here, you know how good a fish you know fish they are to eat. And uh, yeah, we had a blast with that stuff. I mean, it was I I just loved it. I I was addicted to it after I, you know, first first got out on the water like that. And I had my own boats and whatnot throughout the years I lived up there. What happened to the boat? Uh, we actually sold it to my my cousin Jerry. Um, and he bought it and took it and uh, he basically was not very sea, seafaring either but he, he, he loved the shore so he used it as a place just to come down on the weekends and stay and he bought a boat slip and um, uh, at one of the marinas up in Barnegat, North Barnegat and uh, he would just come down on the weekends and stay there on it and the last I heard of that boat is that they he put it in the they, they had it in dry storage, and then when he went to go put it back in the water, when they dropped it in, it went right to the bottom. <laughs> and they had it in a baby pool. It's uh, They call them a baby bath or baby pool when they drop them in after the first of the season so they can swell up. And it went down so fast that when they brought it back up, the transom blew out of it. Mm. So that was – he spent a ton of money trying to fix it, and finally, like I said, after that, it finally went – I got rid of it, but it was a cool boat. It was you know something I'll never forget. Mm. And the shore house being aptly named the Skinny Dipper. After we sold the boat, we we took the name off the boat and we put it up over the awning of the house down there at the beach, and and we always referred to the house at the beach as the Skinny Dipper. Mm. And you got the Boston Whaler up there. Yeah, that's a. Touchy story. <laughs> I won't say how, but anyway, the the boat was bought by a certain affiliate, such and that, such, such and such that my father worked for, and they bought it for a a project they had, and the project closed, and the boat sat at one of my father's acquaintances that was part of that project, and he said, you know, I don't know why we're just letting it sit here go to waste, you know, it's rotting away. You got a house at the beach. Why don't you come get it? So, make a long story short, we ended up getting the title and everything transferred over into our name. And uh, probably 
guess it was 40 years, 30, 35 years ago, I went up to New Jersey and I picked the boat up. My dad gave it to me and I brought it down here. It was only a 16-foot whaler with a 25-horse Johnson on it, but it was perfect for what I wanted down here. Sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun with that boat, too. Then, you know, it was an older boat, so the motor took a dump, and then, you know, I finally got rid of that and kept moving on to different different boats. Which I remember being very disappointed when you got rid of that boat because I wanted that boat so bad. I know you did. I know you did. (laughs) But, you know, at that time, I was looking to better my position with another boat, so... You know, I sold it to somebody that gave me pretty good money for it because whalers were worth money. Yeah. Funny funny story coming from that boat, too. On my sixth or, I want to say, seventh birthday, (laughs) we went out to Picnic Island to celebrate my birthday that year. Aunt Fern, Uncle Denny, Uncle Ben, Aunt Lan, everybody went out on... Uncle Vinny. on, On Uncle Vinny. And they went out on... Uncle Ben's boat. No, Uncle Denny's boat. Mm-mm. We had ben, we had Ben's Pro-Line then. We did? Yeah. I was driving the Pro-Line because I had had it at that point. And but you still we, had the whaler. I still had the whaler. Yeah. And we were taking the whaler out, and you and Vinny were in the whaler. And, and as, as the story goes, I, it was the first time I was able to actually drive a boat by myself so to speak. I mean, I had Uncle Vinny there was with me, but I mean, I was just hauling ass <laughs> out in the front of, the, you know, right right on the on the uh, northeastern side of the island. And uh, it was drive-by cable. It was cable drive, yeah. And uh, the damn cable snapped. The engine turned to the right. <laughs> And all of a sudden, me and Uncle Vinny are doing circles out there at, a, at full throttle, just spinning around. And he's having to reach over and grab the damn throttle and rip it back. And then that ended up having to get towed back in. But yeah, that, we towed it back in. For, that, that, was, that was a memorable birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good little boat. Yeah, it was. Good little boat. And then uh, from there, you had the Pro-Line. I had Uncle Ben's Pro-Line. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Uncle Ben's Pro Line that that uh, he decided he wanted to sell it, so we sold the Pro Line, or he did, and then I went out and I found another Pro Line mm-hmm. that was a little bit older than that one, and we had that for about two to three years, I think. That had the OMC Outdrive. Had the C Drive. C Drive, yeah. yeah. That was a piece of junk. <laughs> it, really, it really was. I mean, it just was a piece of shit from. Well, I remember you had a wet slip behind the tackle D&D, shop, D&D, yeah. Yeah. and it sat there, yeah. and just about, for probably about a month, we couldn't go on it, but every weekend we were out there working on that damn motor, Yeah, yeah. because it was it was just problem after problem with yeah. that thing, and uh, you ended up getting rid of that boat. Well, before that boat... I had the... There's there's three or four other in between that. You you had a bow rider. I had a bow rider that I got from um, From Ronnie's dad. My friend Ronnie got it from him, needed a new floor. And we redid that whole boat. Yeah. The floor, put new seats in it. I redid the motor. It ran great. That boat was a good running boat. Just fine. Mercury 60 horse. I remember specifically 
that was probably your first fiberglass job. Me and Vinny put the fiberglass <laughs> floor in that. It wasn't pretty, but it it was solid. <laughs> and it was the most deep blue <laughs> painted interior on a boat that you you know we watch yeah. videos about guys doing you know putting painting on blue you know blue on boats and stuff like that this was this was this was blue it was beer can blue yeah it was beer can blue blood like blue and uh then you you had that and actually ronnie had a sailboat he had that sailboat behind there they finally cut that into pieces i yeah. think and took it away that was our clubhouse <laughs> that had wasps and ants and all kinds of shit in it but you had that bow rider got rid of the bow rider ended up with the the pro line and then once you got rid of that pro line you had the what was it a 2003 key largo we got the key largo finally yeah that was only a 17 footer but it was it was it was a good it was a good little boat you know you couldn't take more than two people on it but i mean Uh, you could but it was it was hard to fish off two and me yeah, I mean it was it was it was good. It was a good little boat. Yeah, I, I had no problems with that. That that's the boat we hauled up North Carolina when we left here, and we stayed up there for eight years. And then when we came back, I sold it up there, and then up there I got a pontoon, rebuilt that whole thing. That ran for I don't know a year. I sold that, made a ton of money off of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I got it dirt cheap <laughs> and i rebuilt the motor on that or rebuilt the carburetors and did some linkage work and fixed it all up and then we sold that up there and then when we came back down here is when we bought the uh the cape craft the cape craft yes. yeah and that was another nightmare so that that's when we get into my first boats yeah when you had the pontoon boat yeah because yeah. From a friend, I had he had a boat sitting in his backyard. It was a 1961 Sears and Roebuck El- Elgin. <laughs> All it had was a steering wheel, and I don't even think it had seats in it. And I, when I was in the military, I took I I got that got the boat and trailer for free. Didn't have a title or anything for it, and I, I thought, I want a project boat that I can restore. Went all the way out to Charlotte, North Carolina, which was six, eight hours away from where we lived. Mm-hmm. Bought a 1958 Sears and Roebuck Elgin 50 or 55 horse that was the, the match to that. Yeah. And then that ended up falling through, and then I bought... <coughs> It was a 1997 21-foot stroker bass boat. The stroker bass boat, yeah. Which we rebuilt the motor on that one. That was another nightmare. Huge nightmare. That's we, a That was a big motor. Was, was it 150? Well, or? it was a 150. It's a small motor for a 21-foot bass boat, but it was a big motor that... I guess you could say we hadn't really worked on that size of motor. Well, I always worked on automotive engines. I had no idea that they did those outboards completely different with cracked rods and that all that weird shit. Mm -hmm. That was that was totally unexpected. And when we put it all back together, we had to take it all back apart and we Mm -hmm. put it all back together again. And it just 
I don't know. I, I don't know what it, what happened with that. I it just never. I mean, new rings, new pistons, well, the, new the, rods. The problem was is that the, one of the <clears throat> cylinders dropped, and the motor blew, and it scarred the, the it scarred the, it scarred the yeah. one cylinder wall, which was a problem. Yeah. So we tried to hone it. We put all brand new. I spent a thousand dollars on the boat motor and trailer. I spent another thousand dollars on the rebuild. Rebuilt the engine. It sounded good as long as it wasn't in the water. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounded great. Get it, it in had the water. No power. Get it in the water. You throw the throttle down on it. And it, <laughs> <laughs> it was a big rolling turd. But I'll, I will say, once it got up, got up on that was an undersized motor for that boat. Yeah, that's a heavy boat. It was a heavy boat. And it used to and, scare the shit out of me drilling that thing. Well, when I had the the S10 and I was driving that <laughs> up and down those mountains. Yeah, I had scared the piss I had, out of me. I had that. I remember one night specifically. I was on the four lane, and it was raining. And I picked up my boat from your house out in Andrews, and I was on my way home. I was passing by Walmart, and the light turned red. <laughs> and it's a five-speed, you know, S10 pickup truck. With a 21-foot dual-axle trailer, <laughs> fucking, like, 6,000-pound boat on the back of it. Yeah. And I locked up the brakes and went halfway into the damn intersection mm. because just all the weight that was behind yeah. it. But, but uh, that boat, I said I, I put $2,000 into it total, and then I ended up only selling it for a grand. Yeah. Some kid from Arkansas wanted it yeah. he was a big stroker fan and he was like i want that boat i don't care what it takes how much do you want for it i was like just give me a thousand bucks and it's yours he had his buddy that was in the military coming up from georgia came up from georgia loaded it up ended up picking up two more boats with his pickup truck mm-hmm. put one took the wheels off of one loaded it up on top of a trailer and then had a coupler and added another boat behind that. Mm-hmm. And he's hauling this thing all the way to Arkansas. Never heard of anything else about that boat. And then I had a... What the hell was that? A little, like, 15, 16-foot skiff that we were going to bring down here. Mm-hmm. But there was something... I got two motors, the boat, the trailer, and I wasn't able to get the title for it. But the problem ended up being is that the 30-horse the Mariner that was on it had a down cylinder. I had a 50-horse Mercury. Uh, I think it was a red band. Mm-hmm. It was a red band. Which the red band had was a little bit better motor. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. Did, wasn't figuring out any of the motor or anything like that. Didn't know what I could do about the title because it was registered to somebody else still. And I got the whole thing for only 500 bucks, And I ended up giving the boat away to somebody we worked with. Mm-hmm. I forget what his name was. He put a head gasket on it, and that 30-horse Mariner ran, like, ran a like a champ. <laughs> ran like a champ. Ended up, Why was it ended, up there when that happened, when no, you did all that? No. And what ended up happening with that is the guy I gave it to knew the original the person that the registration was originally in Mm -hmm. 
So he was able to get the title from that guy. Right. Because I bought it from somebody who had gotten it as a gift from that guy. Right. But never did the paperwork. Right. Well, they didn't do anything. <laughs> they didn't do anything right after. <laughs> so. Hey, them good old boys just gave it away. <laughs> yeah. So. You got money, I'll give it to you. Exactly, I don't care. Exactly. Titles didn't matter. It was a good bo- good little boat. It would have been perfect for the flats around here. Perfect. But, uh. I ended up talking to him one day at work, and he was like, oh, yeah, all I had to do was put a head gasket on it. And he was like, I knew what's his name from that was on the paperwork that you had. He gave me the title. He was like, the thing's registered. It's good to go. I use it jugging for catfish. <laughs> like, all right, whatever. There's another $500 I wasted. <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, after that, we moved down here. Yada, yada, yada. You had the Cape Craft. Yeah. Prior to that, you had a 17-foot, what was called an offshore boat. Yeah, and I can't remember the, the... Yeah, but I can't remember the... Uh, some, the guy, had, the guy, the mechanic I, I had helped me look, look at it, he said something about it. He said that boat was a good boat, but it was, it was waterlogged. Well, here's the problem, because I took it completely apart. Yeah, I know. It's still sitting in my mother's backyard, <laughs> actually. It had a 70-horse Johnson on it, which ran fine. No issues. Two-stroke. It was a center console, but it had an oversized gas tank. Fuel tank tank in it. Somebody redid... Cut the floor out. Cut the floor out, redid everything on the boat, and put a gas tank that was two inches higher than the floor. So what they ended up doing is they just set the console on top of the gas tank... Put some spacers in between the console and the original floor and just put a piece of plastic over top. Yeah. Just basically built a cap. So when I disassembled, you you ended up giving me that boat. Yeah. You got your Cape Craft, the walk-around. But that boat, I completely disassembled and ended up stringers, transom, whatever you can think of, you name it, was wrong with it at that point. I sold the motor for like two or three hundred dollars and the boat sits in the trees in my mother's backyard (laughs) which ought to just go set it on fire (laughs) exactly exactly coming up to today now you got rid of the cape craft and you ended up with a 187 sea fox sea fox yeah 2007 that was probably and still is as far as i'm concerned (laughs) One of the best boats I've ever owned. One of the best. Yeah. One of the best. That, that 90 horse Suzuki on it, the guy I got bought it from, and in 07 only had 80 hours on the motor. Mm-hmm. I was able to document it when I went up and, and when I bought it, I, I had the guy put it on the computer. It only had 80 hours on it. That boat ran like a top. And it still does to this day because now it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> I bought that from you. You got a brand new pontoon. Yeah. Now all is right in the world. <laughs> now everybody's up to speed on our ongoing with boats and, and getting And there was, there the was plenty water. that were left out, too. There was plenty that were left out. Plenty of pieces of shit out there. Um, but that's somebody else's fucking problem. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you got the pontoon boat now. I mean, you like it. Oh, yeah, I love that boat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... the. You know, the the pontoons of old, you know, they were so slow, and they had no ass to them. They just, they couldn't get out of their own way. And, 
you know, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not all about the speed anymore. Yeah, it's great to get where you want to go and, and, and get out of the storms and whatnot in a hurry, but we don't go offshore. You know, we really didn't much hardly uh, to begin with, except when we had the, the 21 pro lines, we'd go out to the Edison Reef and stuff like that. But, I mean, Mom and I, we just, we like going into back bays and go fishing, and this, pro, this boat's perfect. I mean, it's yeah. perfect for what we want. Um, it's got the 90 Mercury on it. I was a little apprehensive on how fast it would go, but I didn't want to spend the extra five grand to go, or actually, if I went up to the 21 or 22 foot, um, it was going to cost another 10 grand, and I didn't want to spend that kind of money for another two feet and to go up to a 115 or a 150. Which, with a 115 and the extra two feet, you probably would be about where you're at now. As far as speed spark, and as the, right. you know, power to weight ratio, right. it'd be about the same. If right. you had the buck fifty on there, it would have it would have gone. It would have yeah. got. But like I said, I mean, it does thirty-two mile an hour with the ninety on it, right? Which I'm not hateful with that. I mean, the Sea uh, Fox that that does that does what forty-two, forty-five now. I'm somewhere between forty and forty-five. I think I was going to say because we used to be able to boogie right along with that, but you know. Once again, you, you can't do that flat out all the time if you're in a little bit of chop because it beats right. the shit out of you. Right. You know, whereas the pontoon just rolls with everything. You know, you it's got those big that. comfy <laughs> big comfy seats on it, the captain's chair and the lounges and plenty of fishing room. And it's it's one of the, it's the DLX model, which is the fishing edition. The fishing barge, yeah. I've got two live walls on it. I mean, I can't, I, I can't complain. It's, it's. It's it's just perfect for what we want. Exactly, and you know, being that I was able and fortunate enough to be able to buy the Sea Fox from you, mm-hmm. the that's perfect for me. It is now. It's a little high, as far as you know, because when I look at it, I'm looking at it from you know standing next to mm-hmm. it, not on the water. On the water, it's great yeah when you're standing next to it you know you what i what i eventually would like to do when this boat is retired mm-hmm. or you know something else happens or something like that is right. possibly get into another skiff right you know like a, a a carolina skiff or some kind of a tri-hull or something like that the only thing i didn't like about the the sea fox was um it, it the t-tops are great but if you but they're not I mean you can't really get out of the sun with those right and the bad thing about the sea fox was is uh, you know the only thing I had a problem with was the seat at the console which was a cooler seat it was it was too low you know and when right. you go to look if you want to sit down and drive you can't mm-hmm. you got to stand up to drive and that can be hard on your ankles and your knees and oh yeah I know yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, they I... did make that box that you could buy. But that's not cheap either. Them things are like box. the the aluminum box that you could put that seat on. There was oh, a oh yeah 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 you could. But, but if you're going to spend the money for that, you might as well spend the extra money and just get a leaning post. Leaning post, yeah, that was the other option. A cooler too. underneath of it, maybe you know a little bit large, not too large, but a little bit maybe larger one where you've got a little bit of a bait station or something on the back. Side on the back side of it, yeah. where you can put some tackle and shit like that. Because right. there, as Nice as as the boat is for a 2007, 
there's not a lot of storage on. No, it's no, very not a lot very of simplistic. On. You've got the main thing and the you know the main hatch in the front, but the problem with that is now I've got the trolling motor, which takes three batteries plus the charger and all the wiring and everything, and right. that takes up that whole hatch. That's yeah. completely filled now. Right. So, you know that's that's out of out of the question at this point. And you know you've got the the you've got a cooler in the front, a cooler underneath the 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 seat behind the helm. The cooler under the seat is mostly we use for dry storage, and then you've got the two hatch, the one hatch in the back, which is a wet hatch that has a drain on it, and then you've got another hatch for your live well, and that's pretty much it. There's you know everything. It's under a the, basic fishing. It's boat. very very. It, it's very very basic, basic fishing boat, but it works. Yeah, it does what I needed to do. If I wanted to do some upgrading here and there, I could. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 a good solid it's a it's i'd say it's my first good boat mm-hmm. the rest of them have all been junk <laughs> yeah i mean we've all been through that i mean yeah. anybody that's uh owned boats you know the old saying a boat's nothing more than a hole in the water you pour money into yep. and you know the other one what's the other saying break, Don't out, another that, break out another thousand i yep. mean it's it's true but i will say this if you are one of those types of people that you are just going to Haul your boat down to the to the, to the uh, ramp, go out fishing, come back in and throw it on the trailer and and put it in, you know and and park it That's, till the next time you take it out. It is going to be shit within a year. Yeah, it's going to go to shit. Mm-hmm. There's just no two ways about it. If you do not take care of a boat, it will not take care of you. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like a car. I mean, you know, you take your car down. Get to, you know, you do you wash it yourself or you get it washed, make sure you keep your oil changed, all that kind of stuff. It's all about making sure you maintain these things because they will just go to junk. I mean, they just fall apart. And that's one thing I always learned. My, my old man always told me was make sure that you take care of your stuff. Yeah. You know, you take care of your, your junk. You take, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't let it turn into junk. Right. You know what I mean? And so that, and that's what I've always done with my boats. Some of the boats that I got were not in the best of condition to begin with, but I tried to get the best out of them as I could. But At least get your money's worth. At least try to get your money's worth. And then, you know, like I said, flushing the motor and washing it off and getting all the salt off of them and making sure you just don't let them sit there in the sun, Get especially down here in Florida. I mean, good God, the sun will eat up everything in a matter of months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, with buying this new boat, we we spent you know you know you know me and mom looked for what two years mm-hmm. before we decided on what we finally wanted to get because we knew this is going to be the last boat of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no young chicken anymore, so it's it. You know this was going to be it, and it was for the comfort and the not only the comfort but, but for the fishability, being able to fish on it and longevity too. And longevity, yeah, that's why we bought. The, which is the only boat I've ever bought that was brand new. Yeah. I've never had a brand new boat, and this was the first one, and it was probably, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the last one because <laughs> that'll probably outlast me. But that's but but that's because I'll take care of it. Right. You know? Right. I'm not going to let and, it fall apart. And you've definitely instilled that in me, you know, growing up. Just take care of your stuff and, and you know, don't, don't beat it up. And, you know, I've had my share of <laughs> we've all had our share of being young and dumb and full of cum i mean let's face it you yeah. know <laughs> right. 
pretty much. I, I did that when I was in my younger years too. You know, you, you race cars and all that crap. You beat them up and you then you go and fix them again, and then mm -hmm. you beat them up again and then you fix them again. But when you you know the older you get, you start not to want to spend all that money on repairs all well, the time. <laughs> well, not only that, but it it comes to it comes down to when you spend the money to have something nice and you're paying and shelling out that kind of cash for makes a big difference like don't that. it <laughs> you know when i buy a, a truck for eight hundred dollars that's painted camo that's got <laughs> super swampers and a bent axle and a broken fucking driver driver uh window you tend not to really give two shits about it, and you just drive the piss out of it. Well, I get but when it. you buy a sixty thousand dollar fucking truck, and your truck payments every month are damn near burning a hole in your pocket, you tend to take care of things a little bit more. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, it's a whole lot different when you got to when you got to pay for it. Right. So, um, kind of going into uh, a little bit of, you know, the the the. The fishing aspect and everything you know we just had the hurricane that came through which devastated southwest florida which is a complete and total Ugh. just mess work-wise that's one of the reasons i'm here with you <laughs> right. personally you know that you know homes have been destroyed and and you know you know my my personal thoughts and prayers go out to a lot of families out there that just don't have it to be able to rebuild like others do yeah. and and uh you know we 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 hope to be there for them, you know, as far as our our work careers go and do as much as we can for them. But, you know, there's only so much that we can do. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're we doing everything that we can as a community to, to try and help each other out. And, as, and family-wise, too. And family, yeah. Family mm. is, is, you know. Family. We just went up yesterday and, and took care of Aunt Lynn and Uncle Ben's house because yep. they, I, that broke my heart to see that. Yeah. I mean, not only was our place a shambles, mm -hmm. and like I said, that's why we're here with you. But when I walk when I walked in their place, I about broke down in tears because I mean, Uncle Ben, he just boy, that was hard on me. Yeah, and uh, not to bring the the subject down or you know the mood down or anything like that, but uh, you just know, trying we, to we just be we're, real we're, about we're things, trying to be all. real about it, and 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 trying to put that out there. And you know, as far as our our fishing and, and and our estuary and everything like that it as of right now it doesn't exist that's my personal opinion um, now I, I will I, I, not to interrupt but no, I will fine. say this I've I've heard a lot of ecologists uh, I think that's the right word ecologists the ecosystem yeah um, say that a storm like this can be beneficial to your to mm -hmm. your to your fishing industry mm -hmm. because you know the red tide and these the the green algae that we've been dealing with for how many years now last 10 years at least um they say that sometimes a storm like this will will wipe clear of those problems that we've dealt with start fresh yeah. start fresh now whether or not the fishing um the fishing industry itself or the the sport fishing of it will recover quickly or not I, that's remains to be seen well and it's it's going to take time it's it's going to take a while oh, absolutely it's you know it's it's no different than red tide hitting what four years ago now where we had that massive fish kill and we've got this massive amount of water that is constantly being dumped out of lake o into 
our rivers and into our ecosystems and creating such havoc, harm, havoc and, and such harmful algae blooms and, and, and you know, basically taking brackish water and turning it into fresh water only. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I was just fishing out with D-Train a few weeks before the storm. We were out in the river and I caught a snook and then I caught a freshwater Mayan cichlid in the same river yeah so you know which that's okay cool i was able to catch two completely different species that were you know that are not out of of their their element exactly that's fine but you know it's it's just it's not natural it's not natural to to be having this kind of you know and and not to get on a tangent or anything you know i support captains for clean water and and cca and and all that stuff but you know something has to be done about that period there's a reason why there are wetlands out there. There's a reason why, you know, the, this the the water has has a natural pathway for it to go. You can't just redirect it somewhere else and not think that you're going to create gonna, more problems. It's going to create a problem, right? And these people that are you know south of Lake O and going, oh, you know, well we live out here and stuff. Well, that's I'm sorry, but. You're not supposed to be living out there. Mm-hmm. You're you're you we're not supposed to build out there. It's not land. It's, a, it's the Everglades, <laughs> right? You you live in a damn swamp. Yeah, you know. And I get it. There's generational people that have been out there for many, many, many. But they've years, dealt with that for many, but, many years. But they've been through it. Their houses are up on damn sticks. Mm. They know all about it, and they're the Florida originals. But you know, when you're when you're redirecting water from a wetland where it's supposed to go out through these estuaries that creates a major major issue and between the green blue algae blooms that we've been having and and the red tide a few years ago the red tide is not anything more i mean in my opinion i don't i mean i've lived here for 40 some years now um the red tide isn't is is a an occurrence that happens all the time that's that's a Um, a more natural it's a more natural thing right but that that was one of the things I was bringing up earlier is that they say that some uh, uh, sometimes a not necessarily a storm like this. I mean, this was absolutely devastating. I mean, it was just unbelievably devastating and horrific. But a a, 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 trop, a decent tropical storm will sometimes stir that shit up to mm-hmm. where it, the 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 red tide will not be as occurrence as occur as, right. as, as occurs more frequently as it right. was and i mean i can remember as a little kid being at the beach um no, you know, 18, no swimming because of red tide well not only that but you walk down the beach you start coughing because of a right. red tide but that was it would happen every few years that's more of a natural occurrence than the, right. than the green blue algae but, but the green yeah that green blue shit that's nasty stuff and you know you and that's see all it, coming from lake o exactly and that you see it on the news you're watching these people they're getting sick from it yeah their their backyards if they live on canals you know of any kind you know any salt water or brackish people want to leave because they don't people want to leave because of that it's, it's disgusting well, now, now they want to leave because of a lot of other reasons well, that too um <laughs> But yeah, you know, try to try to lighten the mood a little bit. You know, yeah, I I, I agree with you. I do think that, uh, you know, this this storm is devastating for the majority. But as far as our fishing and, and our estuaries and things, it is kind of a blessing in disguise. As far as that is concerned, to a certain point, yeah, exactly. 
Um, to a certain we, point, we, it didn't need did. to be this massive. It could no, have been a lot smaller, it, and it, it would have. We we could have had you know a, a tropical storm or a, a maybe even a small cat one come through here, and it would have probably done enough to restart help, the to help restart the yeah the so, the, 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 the the conditions of the water. Right. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. Not to put any of this storm lightly or anything. I don't want to you know get any shade on the internet or anything about. Uh, you know, oh, you know, you, you think it's a good... No, it's not a good thing at all. No, it's, it's not a good not thing. not by any means. You know, it was dev- devastating for a lot of people. Our, three of our islands are completely destroyed and leveled. Mm. And we have, you know, as far as our, our careers and our jobs go, we have customers that we know personally, personally. on these islands that... Lost everything. Lost everything. We don't even know where they are. Yeah. Some of them haven't even called in. You know, fortunately for people that live on the island, they tend to be able to to have other places to go. Um, You know, a lot of that comes down to, you know, whether or not you're wealthy or not. And, you know, a lot of these these people are, are fortunate enough to be able to afford to rebuild if they choose to do so. Or go other places or whatever they want to do, but it, it, it it's is, the old it's the old timers that have lived down there by the beach, right? Uh, not necessarily well, and even some on the beach um, that have been there for 50, 60 years, mm-hmm. and they all, all they had what we they considered a Florida home, mm-hmm. you know, those a beach house, a beach house. They're mm-hmm. gone. Even some of the big motels, they're all gone. Restaurants. Just, we, there was that restaurant, and those are the people that really. That, that's the ones that hurt. Yeah. The ones that have been here, down here for, you know, they've, they've lived all their life on the beach or just off the beach there in Estero. Um, you know, and they got, you know, you see that we've all seen the pictures, the whole country seen the pictures. I mean, it's just yeah. something and I never thought I'd ever experience. The, the worst story that I think that I, I've heard comes from uh, the lady and I were, were out one day, uh, uh, taking care of some business and uh there was a story that came in from a salesman that we were talking to and uh there was a elderly man that lived somewhere close to the water i don't know where exactly but uh him and his wife were they stayed for the storm mm. you know not necessarily a good idea when you're that close to the water, but a lot of the people that are diehards down here, they they think that. I mean, nobody. But nobody no, expected. Nobody this. thought this storm was going to be as impactful as it was, and they were trying. From what I understand of the story, they were trying to climb into a damn tree, mm-hmm. and the old man, like eighty something years old, was trying to keep his wife's head above the water. And he just wasn't strong enough to do it. And she drowned in his arms, mm-hmm. which is absolutely one. That's one of the worst things. Yeah. The person that you care about the most in this world, whether it's a family member, your, your kids, your wife, spouse, whatever the case may be, to die right there in your arms unexpectedly because yeah. of some outside force. Yeah. That's 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 heartbreaking, yeah. and uh, that that's been the worst worst situation that I've heard of that's that's come out of the storm so far. Um, I not also, to not to not to take light of a, of 
thousands of other situations no. that have been the same way. No, not I at mean, all. I mean, we keep hearing them on a daily basis where, you know, you, you like I said, well, pe- everybody people, sees it on TV. Yeah, pe- people on the islands that, that were in their cars that got swept away and drowned because they couldn't get out. People that were trying to get to the second floor and they couldn't get to the second floor or in the attic and they drowned because they couldn't get out. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking to hear these kinds of stories come out, you know, even even weeks, weeks, weeks after the storm. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really heartbreaking you know, it's just it's we have to come together as a community to, to rebuild and and reestablish ourselves and, and, and be the vacation destination that, that we always have been. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this has been always a um, one of the top places to come for for uh, vacationers, spring mm-hmm. breakers. I mean, you know, yeah. the beach has always been the place to go. Mm-hmm. You know, but especially it's, uh, Fort Myers Beach. Yeah. That's that was a bit very big collegey type of place for you know the the spring breakers to go and and now that's it's not going to exist for a long time. You yeah. know, our, our, and uh, but yeah, to uh, to kind of bring it back on a lighter lighter note here. Fishing, hopefully, will start happening soon. They have all of. Hopefully, them. we can get the boats back in the water. Hopefully, we can get the boats <laughs> back in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the, all the boat ramps in Lee County are completely closed. <laughs> uh, if you are on the water, you're being questioned as to why you're on the water. Understandable. Uh, they don't want people going to the islands and looting and things like that. So hopefully we can get back out on the water soon. And, and, and I, get do, these... I did hear that Everest Parkway was open. That's in... Cape Carl over there on... Off of Veterans. Off of Veterans, yeah. Back, or I, on the side of Veterans. I mean, it's not the easiest ramp to get well, in and out of but no but the last time i went over the bridge in or out of cape coral i was looking at it and they did have coast guard set up there and they had a cape coral police uh, officer staged at the entrance so i don't think you can get in and out of there anymore maybe right they were only letting certain people in and could, out when i when I, I i don't know for sure if it was open i just know yeah. that they were putting boats in there yeah uh, it could be just rescue people. Who who the hell knows what it was? But, I just saw the boat ramp open, and I was like, "Wow, that's kind of weird that that's open already." But especially so soon. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, even even boat ramps that are up 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 as far as you know getting into Labelle are closed because they just don't want people you know getting out on the water yet. It's heading just, out. Yeah, know. heading out. And there's so much shit in the water now. Right. Well, I mean, with, with Charlie, because you knew. I did. I, I was a youngster at the time. Yeah. But you knew the waters prior to mm-hmm. and after. Yeah. And from hearing stories from you, you know, it changed the storm, whole. It, it changed all the channels. It changed the channels. The channels didn't change. The markers didn't change. But the water did. Right. Right. <laughs> Where exactly. it was supposed to be six feet of water, it was two feet of water. Right. So I mean, it did. It changes things a lot. So you, you know, that's the other thing. Right now, we don't know what it's going to be like when we go back out. We have no idea. All the markers are are just about completely gone. A lot of the the ones out by the barrier islands and everything are all t- just destroyed. They're, and there's actually the other problem. You don't know what you're going to run over now. Yeah. You know, if they broke in the water. Yeah. You know, versus just falling over or something mm. like that, that's going to be a major issue. You're going to see a lot of boats that are going to be in the shop <laughs> yeah. getting repaired because of that. A lot of, a lot of broken lower units, too. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, hopefully, you know, we can get back out on the water soon. We can we can get maybe uh, uh, maybe Navionics will come out and, and and they'll redo our our waterways and kind of do their sonar charting and everything like that to see what what exactly is going on out there. And hopefully, if there's any luck, I mean, they say that that storm was the fifth largest storm to hit the United States. And if Charlie, you know, did as much damage as it did with our waterways and, and, and changing things around the way that it did, I can't imagine what yeah. this, this storm was going to be. Because this, this storm is damn near twice the size of Charlie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was massive. So, yeah, I mean, we'd like to be able to get back out there and, and catch some snooks, some slots, and... and Hopefully, if we can get back out on the water, the, the FWC has finally come to a decision or an agreement that uh, we can start keeping them fish out there, too, because... Be nice. I mean, haven't had a good piece of snook in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just kind of wrap this up a little bit. You know, everybody's... It's just to kind of re-mention everything, this is my dad. Um known him all my life and uh he, he, i should hope so <laughs> he, he taught me everything about fishing and and uh you know it's is is my yeah. ins, he's my inspiration for doing what i do you know in in my life and and doing the things that i do with fishing and boating and cars and you know whatever the hell i do in my life so um no, pop, i appreciate that pop thank you for coming on not and, a problem and uh maybe we'll do another episode soon but until then everybody check me out type b mike t-y-p-b mike socials instagram facebook all that happy horse shit <laughs> uh, you can check out all of the uh, previous episodes on our website tackle your personal best.com or you can also go to pvbaits.d-410.com same thing takes you to the same website it's got all of our episodes, one through seven on there. Number eight will be up there soon, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time.